turn of the century, the year 2000, most of life's mysteries will have been answered or solved, all but one. The question, is there life after death? What becomes of one's soul after passing on? Do we reach a higher plateau of existence, or do we roam the earth for an eternity, watching the lives of others pass before us? We may never know. One thing is certain, however, sometimes restless souls stay on. They don't pass to the other world. Their supernatural existence is a cruel, terrifying game. Their sole purpose, to attack that which they do not possess, life. They are called by many names, phantoms, ghosts, specters, ghouls, spirits, or even apparitions. Innocent people are preyed upon by these unseen forces, causing them to flee, faint, be driven mad, or even commit horrendous acts upon others or themselves. Hauntings, as they are called, can occur anywhere or any place. They can last from a few days or weeks to decades or even centuries. So-called haunted houses can be found almost anywhere. In your town, on your street, you could even be living in one now. Looks can be deceiving. Welcome back to episode 108 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I am Mike and I am here with, uh, I guess, would you be like the Mark Polonia to my John Polonia? At this point, right? Uh, that would be Mr. Grizz. And we are joined by Mr. And I, you know what? I'm not going to make the joke that Grizz would make. Uh, we're, <laughs> we are with our man, E.K. Wimmer from the Laser Graves podcast. What's uh, up? We, we're not gonna we're not gonna mention your new nickname. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're not gonna mention it. I if you want to know it, you have to pry it from EK. Okay. <laughs> uh, Anthony had a work tonight. He is uh, our man with the video editing uh, company. So, you know, <laughs> sometimes you gotta work late. Uh, this week we're visiting probably, I guess, would you say this is the podcast's favorite directing duo or mm. even like family? This is home for me. I love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're going back to hell, which is Pennsylvania, right? And we watched the 2000, yes, 2000. The House That Screamed, written and directed by the Polonia Brothers, Mark and John. This one is probably one of the last movies that John did, right? No, they did a no, bunch of... Yeah, uh, no, he did more. It was more. 2008 when he passed away. So. What, what else did they do after this, though? The sequel? Well, besides the sequel, all right, come on, that's, that's obvious. He's got a point, he's got a point there. Like, what else, what else did they do together after this? Does, does uh, there's like that know? Easter Bunny one that they did. There was, mm -hmm. what was it called? Like, uh, oh, it's got a, a really funny name. But I, just, I could see the cover in my head. It's like an evil fucking Easter Bunny. 
Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. They, they ham it up, dude. It's the Polonia brothers, so. I'm sure it's like an Easter bunny in the same fucking house that all these are filmed in, and it's just like insanity. So. Oh, Peter Rottentail. Peter, Peter Rottentail. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, wait. I brought up the IMDb. So uh, after this, good. wow, I was, I was really wrong here. Let's see. Night Thirst from 2002. You know, I'm not going to even tell you the years because that's irrelevant right now because we know he did these. Guerrilla Warfare, Battle of the Apes. Interesting. Awesome. Holla awesome. if I kill you. Damn. <laughs> I love the name of that. Dinosaur Chronicles. They love dinosaur movies. Among Us. Peter Rottentail. Razor Teeth. Black Mass. We gotta watch that. Wildcat. Splatter Beach. And Monster Movie. <laughs> You know what's funny? Beach. I like the way you yeah. said it. <laughs> like, I, I don't know any of their stuff after this. Like, I've heard of Peter Rottentail, but I've never actually watched it. I don't, have either of you seen it? Or you just, like, know of it? No, I've, I've seen it once, but it was so long ago, I don't really remember. I think that was actually the first Polonia Brothers film I saw. <laughs> <What an introduction laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> now that, yeah, that's an introduction to them, huh? And then I, I caught up with a few of the newer ones that Mark did after uh, John died. Because, yeah, you're right, uh, 2008 is when he passed. So Mark has been real busy after that. And I have... I have at least one of them on VHS, uh, Camp Blood 7, uh, It Kills. But then I also watched uh, Forest Primeval from 2008 and Land Shark from 2017. <laughs> Boy, dude, that one. You guys got to watch that, man. That one's fucking funny. It's so funny. Hey, some of these things are good. Like, what, what did I say? Clownado, the Todd Sheets movie? Yeah, you just yeah. that up. I forgot about that. That's a good one. Yeah, I, you know, some of them are good. More than, you know, more than you would expect, actually. But, but, everybody knows that their probably biggest movie is Feeders 2, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sleigh bells. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I no, 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 probably, no. I mean, I guess no, their, no, most, no. Like, their biggest coveted film would be Splatter Farm. Right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's Splatter the... Farm is definitely the one that I would say is like a legendary shot on video film where like One feeders too like we yeah we just know it because it's fucking hilarious so we did it on it. this podcast yeah. yeah but i saw splatter farm at vhs fest 2 maybe right yeah i think it was, was that, that they where they played, played it yeah and it's really it's really weird when you watch movies like in the like i guess the state or whatever that it was filmed in i don't know it gives <laughs> it that extra like uh that that little bit extra but this this is very far removed from Splatter Farm, right? The house that screamed. And this did have a sequel, as EK said before. And like we also said, this was written and directed by John and Mark Polonia. And I'm surprised that John McBride had nothing to do with this one. No, he's right? part of everything that they did, I felt. I mean, he was like the third Polonia almost. Yeah. 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 He's like when the Von Erichs brought in the fake Von Erich. <laughs> <laughs> uh he did he did star in the second one he was all mm -hmm. over that one you know but i'm really surprised he wasn't in this and john uh john mcbride you would know also from cannibal camp out and wood chipper massacre which is surprising that they kind of connected back then right because he was a connecticut guy i think and they were in pennsylvania mm -hmm. this was pre-internet too so you're not exactly meeting i guess on uh you know, 
Instagram. (laughs) But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm not really sure if he's from Connecticut, but I know that's where they filmed those two movies, right? I think they were they were definitely like in the New England area. Uh, Yeah, but he wouldn't make his House That Scream debut till the sequel. And this was released straight to video. This was a Dead Alive release. And this was something I wanted to ask, which I said, like, oh, let me wait till the podcast. Why was the second one released on brain damage? And before this, the first one, it has like a brain damage, uh, you know, uh, what would you call thing. it? Like, yeah, like trailer title card thing. What was up with that? Because Dead Alive was still around in 2001, right? Yeah. So, okay, I actually have some fresh information because I, I talked to uh, Mr. David Sterling this past week for a, a very long period of time on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Were you getting and, me Crystal uh, Force too? <laughs> I'm working on it. And, uh, Get in line. He, uh, you know, he was kind of talking about, I was asking him a lot about, you know, Dead Alive and stuff like that. And uh, really, they were just kind of like individual companies. They really didn't, they didn't they have an association just because the people that own them, like, knew each other and were friends and stuff like that. So I think that, like, you know, the, the dude in Dead Alive was pretty much giving his buddy some heads up, you know, help with his new company, uh, you know, brain damage that was coming out at the time. So it really wasn't like the two companies, like, oh, one died and then one started. They were They were pretty much, you know, happening at the same time almost. Yeah, because yeah. it's also, you know, Dead Alive also had, what were their sub things? Uh, Burning Moon was Burning the Moon. one. Mm-hmm. And Burning Spectrum? Moon. Spectrum is another offset of that. And Which is, <laughs> so then was like brain damage the same thing? Yeah, brain no? damage is in that family as well. Yeah, I mean, it's all, because, it's all under that same umbrella of like, I, I, I don't know if it was like the distributor altogether, or if, but I know different people owned each one of those companies. And specifically, David totally shit all over the lady that had <laughs> Spectrum video. He really? dogged her. So he, he was like, she didn't pay anybody. I was like, oh, shit, dude, that's probably the old Wild West of VHS video back then. Yeah, I've heard like, stories oh. of, like, camp video not paying people and shit. So just how it goes when you don't got any money and uh, your, your company's at the end of the line, I guess. Yeah, it's like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fuck this guy, hopefully, and yeah. I outlast him so he can't sue me. <laughs> You know, one of those types of... It sounded that way, for sure. So, what I find funny is that this movie has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes from, like, 80-something 80 80 something reviews. Dude, it's got a... It's, what is that? Like a, like a one and a like quarter star review or whatever? Yeah. It's, not too, it's not too bad. I would expect it to have, like, a 5%. <laughs> Come on, let's be realistic Jeez. here. I guess that's. I true. mean, people. Not everybody shares the love that we have. Look for behind these, you. Look at this scene movies. that's happening. I know. How look at what's happening this? behind you. Yeah. Like, how would you give any of this <laughs> one five stars? Five stars. Five, five stars. I like. <laughs> I'm like flabbergasted. He can't even. No. Every every time I watch this movie, I'm like noticing other stuff. Like that sickle is definitely the sickle from fucking feeders. Right. The one that he. The one that he cuts the fucking uh, clones neck with and what was the head the head looked like it was from something else too what fucking movie was the oh man was it how to slay a vampire did they have a a head in that Mm, i don't remember Uh, no 
I don't, it'll it'll come to me. That's it'll one thing that you, you can definitely take away from any and all Polonia films is if you have seen one of them, you will start recognizing all kinds of shit that you have seen <laughs> in all of them. <laughs> I love that though. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna really recognize like. Oh, this is the staircase with the little thing on the wall from Feeders Two, yeah. right? Like this this house that you've just seen over and over and over again in all these movies. It's like the fucking wow, kids you know? from Feeders are a little bit older now, but here they are. Yeah, <laughs> when's Santa gonna get here? <laughs> I knew you were gonna bring it up. It's like your favorite. I, know. <laughs> I love that. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> um, so there is no trailer. For this movie right so i will just play something in its place how about that perfect <laughs> all right let's go let's get into this one hey everyone this is ek wimmer and i'm mariah rose and we are from the laser graves podcast a podcast that is devoted to telling you fascinating and amazing stories from the 1980s we look at movies we read books we are literate and we also talk about events from the 1980s yeah did you enjoy the farting zombies of spookies like we did who covered that one who doesn't (laughs) (laughs) well join us if you want to hear about some fun movies and events from the 80s you can find us wherever you get your podcast and if you'd like to catch up on older episodes you can visit us at www.lasergraves.com So, see you there. Bye. Okay, The House That Screamed. Grizz, I was going to ask you for the synopsis, but I think I'm going to do it this time. You know? I feel like I've been been slacking. You know? I haven't been taking the initiative. I've been trying to pin it on you. It's not right. Okay? So... (laughs) Who is this that I'm dealing with this week? I don't know who the fuck you are. Okay. Peter's got him. I'm trying to... I'm trying to I'm trying to make up for how shitty of a co-host I've been to you. <laughs> right. I'm up for it now. I know I'm getting buried later. I'm just fucking kidding, man. Give me the synopsis, baby. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Let's see how good I could do this. I really I really didn't think about it, but I'm just gonna try to, you know. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) A writer rents a supposedly haunted house to finish his new novel. Little did he know he was stepping into the gates of hell. There you go. Why don't you pinch Uh, it? I like it. (laughs) I mean, should we have like an air horn go off at the end of that so you feel like you're more accomplished? (laughs) (laughs) You know, this movie, it's a haunted house film. It's basically this this guy, Marty Beck, who goes to write a novel. He wrote actually feeders one through three before he's working on this new this new book, which is actually called Terror House. I don't know if they mention it here, but in the second movie, they say it's called Terror House. And that's actually a Polonia Brothers film, right? Another great Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Did you see the book uh, when he's driving? He's got the the feeders books that are just the the VHS covers. Folded over, a book. like paper bags. Wait, yeah. was it that? Is I that think what it so. 
Because I looked oh, into it. Dude. I remember the first yeah. time I saw uh, the house that screamed. I went on this crazy like search on the internet to see if it actually had a book. You know, if it was like a prop or something. I think they just <laughs> took an extra VHS cover, cut it, and put it on a paperback. Yeah, they definitely just glued that shit out. To it a looks awesome for sure. <laughs> you know what? In the second one, I was thinking that about Terror House. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, that all, that looks awfully weird. That looks like a VHS <laughs> in the back. Yeah. There's all like because there's like is. production stills you know it's like why would you have production stills on the back of a book because <laughs> <laughs> it's a polonia brothers film it's okay that's why we like it you know uh, yep. <laughs> watching a polonia brothers movie it's like oh i'm going to grandma's house on christmas eve you know what i mean <laughs> it's always a delight so what do you think about like the characters in this movie it's basically all marty and mm-hmm. then there's like a bunch of supporting characters, which are all, you know, may or may not be real. But I think the guy that plays Marty is pretty good in this. He kind of looks like Louis C.K. But he does. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. Marty is such a fucking Marty. Like, yeah. There is nobody more Martier than this Marty. dude. It's so perfect. <laughs> He's driving this red car and it's got the red interior, too. Just looking at that is making me car sick. You know what I mean? When I was younger, we had we had a minivan and it had that like, what color would that be? Like burgundy? Like mm-hmm. that red shit, Mod. like early 90s, late 80s conversion, like minivan, burgundy interior. And whenever we would go on long rides, I would just be like, Ugh. <laughs> like the whole time give just Mike the Dramamine honey he's getting sick yeah. <laughs> fuck that my parents weren't giving me anything it was just deal with it <laughs> just puke out the window just open we'll the door the and puke later. out the window you want to hear a funny story about how you know there's all these like the hipsters now in New York as you know you know gentrifying neighborhoods and stuff when I was a kid like you would be you know my grandparents lived in Brooklyn so we would be in there every weekend and like I would we'd be stuck in traffic and we'd be like in some random Brooklyn neighborhood. It's like, Dad, I gotta pee. Like a little kid, like five years old or something. My dad like goes, Okay, he opens the fucking like van door and makes me like piss out the door, like in the middle of Brooklyn. <laughs> like drive by pissing in Brooklyn. <laughs> Dude, now now in now in that area you buy a brownstone for two million dollars. Like <laughs> Oh, I pissed there. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like an adult doing this. It wasn't like fucking a drive-by flashing or something like Jack the Stripper coming after you. But, you know, the, the neighborhood's changed. <laughs> I always remember like the like the big like Newport cigarette like ads on the side of the delis. Do you remember those? Like it would be like a huge like poster and it would always be like Camel or like Newport or something. It'd be like this huge fucking colorful thing it's like wow now i see why you know as an adult seeing that it's like yeah they probably shouldn't have that shit <laughs> <laughs> joe camel man i was fucking yeah that it's dude. like he's smooth it's, as fuck <laughs> yeah it's like it's like wow i'm gonna i'm gonna start smoking cigarettes so i can get a fucking marlboro boom box like look at that <laughs> shit the fucking camel's driving a convertible dude i'm fucking in <laughs> Uh, another thing from like my childhood that you, you wouldn't be able to do now. I used to wear like a Winston cigarette hat to uh, to school. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like you know, like yeah. that was like whatever. My the uh, guy yeah. that lived upstairs from us gave it to me, and that was my hat. 
I had a I, I had a Joe Camel T-shirt that uh, I don't know a friend's uncle or something gave to me because you could get those Camel Bucks or whatever they were, and uh, it was Joe Camel looking really cool, and I wanted it, and I would wear that to elementary school. <laughs> it was totally just a Camel smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. There was uh there was uh, like a Halloween picture of me from I had it I had to be in kindergarten cuz you had that like a parade or something like the little kids would go around the track or whatever. And I was a cowboy and first of all they used to call me Giuseppe the Italian cowboy cuz they drew a mustache <laughs> on me. But it made me look like like <laughs> If you ever Holy watch like shit. a spaghetti western, like the facial <laughs> yeah. hair that some of these guys have, like that's what it was. I don't know why they did it to me, but that's like the running joke. It's been that way for 30 years now. But in the picture, I'm wearing two cap guns and there's <laughs> no orange tip, nothing like they look real. They're made out of metal. They have like wood, like polished fucking like nice handles. They look 100% real. And I'm like walking as a kid to school with this shit on, like, you know, what's up? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I probably would get shot and killed now if I had that. Yeah, I know, Jesus, right? 100%. Man down. Okay, back to the house that screamed. <laughs> um, at its core, this movie is a haunted house film, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very similar to another... Uh, I guess genre film if you want to really call it like an Italian haunted house film but right now let's just talk about just straight haunted house films uh, are you guys into that stuff do you like hauntings and all shit like that what What do you guys think um, I have I'm kind of picky about it I'm not huge like Amityville or anything like that I'm, that's not really what I'm into but I do there's a few that I like for sure and they're I don't know. They're just more my taste. Like Ghost House is a big one. I, I just like ones that are a little offbeat and a little strange. Uh, Bloodbeat, I would call a haunted house film. That's probably one of my favorites from '83. Uh, Spookies. I mean, I don't know if you'd call that a haunted house. <laughs> house Two is probably my favorite film, uh, haunted house film. Growing up, like I watched that on repeat as a child. And then this one, Mike, is for you because because you're you're this is your thing is the Beyond. I would call that a haunted house film for sure. Pretty awesome one that I watched you, again recently. You know what? This movie, maybe a little bit more the second one, is pretty much the Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> if you really think about it, uh, let's wait. We'll we'll wait a second to get into that because I really I'm I'm gonna like fucking nail this for you guys <laughs> oh no <laughs> all right you're gonna be like holy shit after we talk about this so I, I i i really do like haunted house movies and i think even like you know the the cliche ones i've I, growing up i really enjoyed the shining oh yeah, it's yeah. Probably like the granddaddy of fucking haunted house you know stories um my personal favorite haunted house movie that uh it's probably one of the earliest horror movies i remember watching as a kid with my father is the Vincent Price House on Haunted Hill. Mm. Oh, Holy yeah. yeah. shit, did that fuck with me as a kid. I mean, I'm talking like he showed me that when I was... The two movies I remember watching when I was like super young, like, you know, five-ish, was House on Haunted Hill and Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. So that uh, that <laughs> kind of like molded my, my adult life, I think, in a pretty significant way. Um, but House on Haunted Hill, dude. Holy shit, that movie is so great. The, the skeleton 
that whole effect with like you know that was the first time i ever seen like a skeleton walking up on somebody and shit mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's always just kind of stuck with me um but you know even like you know the shitty ones like poltergeist i call it shitty but it's got great scenes of special effects and stuff so there's just all kinds of cool things you can do with haunted house movies i didn't even think about poltergeist yeah. <laughs> oh yeah Dude, that, <laughs> I, is like I, one of the coolest fucking things on film from the yeah, 80s. i do like that one for sure yeah yeah i and the shining i didn't think about that because i think of that as a hotel but it's absolutely a haunted house film yeah you're right i love haunted house movies and i like things that kind of border on the like they border haunted house films like movies like sledgehammer yeah it's yeah. borderline a haunted house movie yeah, that's right true. there's like no, there's a totally ghost is. in the house k- killing people uh, like you said the beyond that's 100 percent a haunted house film it's awesome i don't know you know it, it's also kind of a zombie movie i guess but I would more say that's a haunted house film. You said Ghost House also. That's another one that I like a lot. Would Night of the Demons be considered a haunted house film? I struggled with that. I didn't. I was going to put it on the list and I'm like, you know, is it more of a possession film and less of a haunted house film? Is it just that it takes place in a, you know, a spooky house, but it's really a possession film at heart? Okay, so, so that's a good mm-hmm. question. What exactly is a haunted house film then? Where's that, the line drawn? Uh, that's an interesting... Because oh, well, so Night of the Demon made me think about, like, Witchboard. Because that's more of a possession versus haunted house, even though it all takes place in a house. You know, so, yeah, I, I guess that's a good question. I would think Night of the Demon is kind of a haunted house film because it all happens within the house and is confined to the house. If you leave the house, it is no longer got power over you. That, that is a great point. I think that if the house is a focal point to the story it could be considered a haunted house film. So mm-hmm. I guess I would I would still be on the fence with Night of the Demons, but I do see the strong argument uh, for it being like the house being a main, you know, focal point of that, that entire thing. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think if the house is the driving force behind like the, uh, like the antagonist in the film, I would right. say it's a haunted house movie. Like if the house is the, the root of the problem, it's a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like Night of the Demons, once you're in the house, that's it. You're locked in. The house mm-hmm. has control. Yep. So that's, you know, when it comes down to it, the house is keeping you there. True. You know? So would and, uh, Evil Dead or something be a haunted house film in a way? See, now, that that to me, though, it's not the house. It's, the it's what's in the wood. It's what's in the woods. And like, the yeah. you know, the Necronomicon, like you said. You can escape technically, right? You know, but it, it, the reason why he couldn't get over the bridge is because the force destroyed it. Right? It didn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. like it never existed. Where you know what I mean? Like where Night of the Demons, like you literally can't find a way out. It's gone. You're just you're stuck there. But in Night of the Demons, you also have a border that if you can cross over that top of the wall, you're out of of harm's way. So it's very defined by the heart by the house. Yeah, it's like the property. Like the property that this thing sits on is haunted, mm-hmm. but you're, you know, I, I don't know. It, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where it's just like, if you really want to get technical, certain things, <laughs> I guess, wouldn't, you know what I mean? With these, uh, you know, haunted house films, we basically have touched on a lot of uh, big production films, you know, big studio films and stuff like that. And there is a lot of really cool you know, stuff that there is in this realm that is is, uh, is low budget, you know, kind of haunted house stuff. This movie reminds me a lot of a film called Deadlock on Leo Films. 
that it's 16 millimeter also and it's all based around this wacky fucking house with weird effects and just like over the top gags um i'd highly recommend that dead in is another one on spectrum films where it's kind of like centered around this haunted hotel really campy a lot of gags so there's a lot of good stuff that kind of revolves around the the low budget area recently a good friend of mine did a movie he was in a movie called we are still here i don't know if you guys have seen that at all it was kind of like popular a few years ago yeah ted did um, it <laughs> <laughs> did he really yeah small world man no shit i had no idea yeah like that movie is super good my my buddy guy plays dagmar oh that, that's crazy that's my fir- very first film credit is working as a camera assistant for ted's film uh ghouls gone wild which was uh <laughs> like uh the international playboys band go on tour and then these <laughs> these ghouls take them over and mariah my wife co-host of laser graves is one of the sexy ghouls and i was a camera assistant and that's how oh i met God, that's, that's how i met ted man awesome. yeah he did that, that film is- yeah, that is a really, really cool film and, you know, great classic haunted house story, cool effects. I, I recommend We Are Still Here a ton to people. Yeah, for sure. It's so good. Dude, it was funny, too, because I didn't know that my buddy Guy was in it and me and my me and my girl were watching it and I was like, man, that motherfucking ghost looks familiar as hell, dude. Like, why do I know that guy? And I'm watching the credits. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, this fucking guy is in it. So. Oh, you know what's a good haunted house movie? The Japanese movie Sweet Home. You ever see that? No. Sweet home. No, no. I'm not. Dude, but Japanese make some wicked haunted houses. Yeah, movies, for right? sure. So the thing about that is that uh, they made a, a Nintendo game called Sweet Home. It's based on the movie. And that was actually the basis of Resident Evil. How about oh, that? Shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had Crazy. no idea. I never heard that. Yeah, yeah. See? Bringing, bringing facts for you guys. Wow. <laughs> Coming in strong. <laughs> okay, so I was saying I had something to say about this movie and Italian horror films, right? Now, think about this and think about a movie like The Beyond, right? Uh, how does The Beyond really kick off when Joe the Plumber, like, goes down and finds, like, the hole that the water's coming out of and he, and he breaks through it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. What does he do in this? Yep. He breaks through the wall, right? And there's, Drywall. and like, on the other side of that wall is the is the gate to hell. And what is the beyond? There's a gate to hell in the basement of that hotel, mm-hmm. right? I could totally see the, uh, the the comparison to these two stories. And like you mentioned, you didn't even tell me the beyond before I'd seen it. He's like, you know, just think about this Italian <laughs> films. Just think about Italian movies when you're watching this. And I'm like, dude, holy fuck, this totally is. Yeah. So now even the ending scene, the last shot of the movie of like the person looking through the window, that's a shot in the beyond too. You see like the ghost in the window. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? It's like backlit. Also in sort of the beginning of the movie when Marty first goes into the house, he's in the bathroom and he's looking in the mirror and you see like a ghostly head behind him and the face looks like the sister that gets killed in the gates of hell. Uh-huh. Did you notice that too? It looked very similar. Now, I heard somewhere that they tried to make this like a, I think it was like a Bava film or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was somebody random. I don't think it was like Argento, but like this movie to me is like a Fulci, like a, a tribute to like Fulci. And the second one is even, I think, more, mm. you know, the way like even the way that like the guy looks that, uh, like the keeper of the Hellgate and all that shit. He kind of looks like a Fulci character too. 
There's like zombies in it that sort of look like the zombies from Zombie. All of oh, the uh, like the flashback or like the dream sequences in this movie have such a heavy Italian influence to them. Just like the the, the sporadicness, the the sound of like the scenes and everything. I was just like totally. That's all I could think about. Maybe because you implanted it in my head before. Uh. But like, <laughs> seriously, I was like, damn, this really does feel like that. You know, Giallo style, like intense sexual undertones to everything it was just very uh you could tell that it was on i felt like it was on purpose to to pay tribute mm-hmm. and they had that noise from uh city of the vampires too the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always you notice that? always coming back <laughs> imagine this movie had a michael jason uh michael jason matthew jason walsh uh score that's what it's i feel missing. like that's something good score Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's very uh, downplayed in this. It's not really a. It's a lot of like, more like special effects, like screaming and uh, noises like that. Yeah. Although the score in part two is pretty funny during the opening credits when it's got the like, like dollar store techno song playing. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey, did you notice that the daughter from Feeders? I mean, obviously they're in this. The son and the daughter from Feeders. Did you notice that she was kind of dressed like the girls from The Shining? Oh, the Did you notice that? that she was wearing? Yeah. For sure. I think if you watch it again, too, you could probably like really, it's probably an homage to all of their favorite, you know, haunted house movies. I'm sure you could pick out shit that they were like trying to nail over and over again. Because that's kind of like their 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 thing, I feel. Yeah. They Well, they borrow or I guess, you know, they're <laughs> yeah. inspired borrow. by inspired. things that they saw. <laughs> that's a nicer way to say inspired. You know, for for a movie also that was shot on 16 millimeter, like this one looks pretty good. This looks like a TV movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, I'm just I'm just kind of as we're wa- as we're doing this, we have it on the TV. Well, I have it on the TV, and they're watching it through a webcam, 2020. <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking like, wow, this looks like something that would have been on like basic cable when I was a kid, right? This has that basic oh, cable sure. vibe to it. Uh, at least it doesn't look. You know, it's not shot on video. The second like a, one, I believe, was, right? I think, it, yeah. This looks like an episode of fucking Texas Walker. You know, it's very... Walker, very, Texas Ranger? <laughs> oh, God. Texas Walker. It's not, it's not the same. It's different. You've never seen it, I promise. Do you? Uh, did you know the budget on this one? I was curious about... So, Feeders, I think, had like a $500 budget or something. And then yeah, because it true. got success through rentals, I was curious if they gave them a larger budget to work with by the time this film was made. I, I just I could not find what the budget was on this. I couldn't find one either. I would guess. Yeah. I mean, how much could it possibly be? What's even in the movie? It looks like everything that they use could be uh, like it's a their house, a they... spirit Halloween fucking purchase. You know, it's not like they really went over the top. Yeah, but it looks good. I mean, I think they did a good job with what they were. So this with. is the question. Did, did the fucking Polonia brothers just buy a 16 millimeter camera so they could start filming in 16? Or do you think they were renting the equipment at that point still? And, and it's like, because like you said, I think number two isn't shot on 16, is it? No, I think part two is shot on uh, is shot on video. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, they had to have just like, that might be true then what you're saying, EK, that maybe they were given a little bit of money to film this and some of that budget went to getting this 16 millimeter camera for the time to use because... I can't think of any other ones in this time period that they did on 16 millimeter. 
Um, Saurians has a little 16 mil, doesn't it? Oh, or it might actually be eight. It might be super eight. Yeah. You know how they like. I'm pretty sure it's super eight. Yeah. Right? They they uh they intercut that shit. Um, I think I just realized where the head is from. Oh what? <laughs> the first feeders. I was thinking that too, because isn't it on I don't have my tape in front of me, but isn't it is it on the back of the tape? I feel like there's a still uh, somewhere that I've seen of that head. That's why I anybody, recognized it too. Do you have your Does anybody have uh, I don't want to get up and move across the room. Yeah, no, you're gonna make right. me like get wait, up and be all wait, no. and shit. <laughs> Oh, wait, I have it right here. You guys just okay. talk to each other. Please entertain the people. <laughs> I think that that is where it, where it's from. I was thinking that, too. I just couldn't remember. I haven't. I, I didn't get up and check. See, now I'm trying to think of the actual scene that uh, Dorothy Head would be from from that. I mean, Feeders uh, 2 is the go-to watch for me. I think I've only actually watched Feeders 1, like, one time through. Nope, no head no on the back. No head on the back, huh? Headless. I feel like there was a head somewhere. That, uh... It's definitely not. For, oh, this is okay. So there. Uh, <laughs> you see this scene that's happening, EK? She looks like fucking Kane from 1997. <laughs> you said you said before, yeah. She looks like bad blood Kane. <laughs> it's gotta be Kane. It's gotta be Kane. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jim Ross. Uh, I met him. Very nice. Actually, Anthony was with me. We that's met Paul Heyman and Jim sweetheart. Ross. They were both uh, fucking you awesome. Met Paulie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Those were the days before, uh, I guess, crazy people go into these things. They actually let you meet them. (laughs) I met Mr. Perfect in an alley one time. (laughs) Dude. Wait, for real? Yeah, he lied to me. I was like, you're Mr. Perfect. And he's ripped, right? He's huge. And he's like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, dude, you're standing outside of the venue I'm going to see you in tonight. This was in Florida. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about, man? You're huge. He's like massive. And he's like, no, yeah, you're no, I'm not. Fucking Kurt Henning, motherfucker. Yeah, he just totally blew <laughs> yeah, me up. Yeah. Although Undertaker was cool. But yeah, Mr. Perfect was an ass. I'm like, well, what do you think right, you're so pulling on me, dude? Like so these guys just talking about this for a minute. These guys just walk around, just hanging out in alleys. Yeah, that's, like, dude, dude, that's what you do. I got to ask. <laughs> What the f- okay? So I'm on the I'm on the WWE network now and shit. Okay, okay. And it shows me like recent events when I first log in. What the fuck is going on with this new like New World Order gang thing? <laughs> like I seen this snippet of these dudes like chainsawing the ropes and shit. Oh, I don't know, dude. Wrestling sucks so now. Fucking <laughs> corny. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is this? I uh. I really only watch like '80s WCW, WCCW, You're '90s. Playing it down because Anthony's not here. You guys talk about this shit all the time, dude. No, I don't. <laughs> see, now here's my thing. I don't have a cable box, right? I have like the internet and stuff, and I never just care enough to like sign into the USA <laughs> Network <laughs> app because that's how much I care right now. I'll watch all the pay per views. I'll watch, you know, shit like that, but. I can't do Raw and SmackDown now. It's just, it's so bad. The and whole no audience thing is fucking weird, dude. Yeah. I, I, dude, it, it makes it very strange. It's not even that. It's just, just boring. It's just not entertaining to me. And Anthony and I were, you know, we would go to WrestleMania every year, like travel to all these places. And it just hasn't been worth it in a very long time. And it's unfortunate, but maybe things will get better. Hopefully. You never know. <laughs> but... 
But what have you learned from this? Mr. Perfect was a liar. <laughs> <laughs> He's an asshole. And you know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to defend him. He was probably high on cocaine. <laughs> Everybody was. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. So like imagine being all fucking like turned up by that shit and he it's some like fucking how old would you say you would have been? Me? I was probably eleven. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, like some kids trying to talk to you, and you're all tuned up on fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, just get away from me right totally. now, man! Please, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat the I'm shit out of you. I'm gonna kill you. you. I'll you rip get, your you head get off. The fuck away from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, R.I.P. I miss you. So, like we said, this one was shot on 16 millimeter, and we can't really think of any other Polonia Brother movies that were shot on 16 millimeter. Possibly newer ones, maybe, right? I'm but sure. I, yeah. yeah, I, I can't think off the top of my head. But do you guys think that Polonia movies like work better on sixteen millimeter? No, no, you, yeah. you, you think you think they should stick to the beta cam? Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like, don't fool anybody. Just go with it. Like, be all in. All right. So, how do you guys feel this holds up to the other releases? Of the year 2000. <laughs> and, you know, we have such such things as American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Final Destination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's getting more on the level of this. Uh, the Blair Witch Project 2. Oh, huh? yeah. Huh? Ginger Snaps. Tox that was a pretty interesting one. <laughs> there you one. go. All right. All right, wait. Toxic Avenger 4. Citizen Toxie. I got one for you. Same level? Uh, Leprechaun in the Hood, your personal favorite. Oh, okay. I, now, I enjoy that movie. <laughs> Dude, I like that movie. I don't know where the hate comes from on that one. The only Leprechaun movie that's bad is the one in space and the Hornswoggle oh, one. Oh, yeah, one's the Hornswoggle there. one's garbage, dude. I, uh, I was thinking about 2000 films. I mean, there are the bigger ones like that, like The Cell and all that stuff, but going more low budget and just towards you know shot on video you have killjoy which became a franchise that came out in 2000 but then there's some interesting ones that we actually like quite a bit and i don't know how much you dug into shot on video 2000 but i was kind of surprised when i started looking just pulling tapes off the shelf and i'm like oh shit these are all 2000 one of them I don't have anymore, it should be sitting pretty soon on your shelf, Grizz, is uh, Carnage, The Legend of Quilt Face. Do you have that one yet? I have that. Yeah, that, that is sitting on my shelf now. So that's a, Oh, I have that too. <laughs> that's 2000, man. And I think that that was edited by Mark Polonia, if I'm not mistaken. You'd have oh, to look really? On, I gotta look yeah. at that. That's cool as fuck. Um, and then a couple others. Grave Vengeance came out in 2000. That's a pretty good rape revenge film. Uh, Camp Blood Part 1, Bloody Murder... Prison of the Dead, which was a Matthew Jason Walsh film that we're all fans of. And then uh, the big one. I don't know if you guys caught this one or not, but I was like, oh, I, this is the first one I looked to see if it came out in 2000. And it did. At Dawn They Sleep makes a return. <laughs> that What's is, that? That's 2000. Oh, wait, dude. Story and screenplay by Massimiliano. What the fuck? Massimiliano. Searchy and John Polonia. <laughs> what a combination. <laughs> Editor Mark Polonia. Yeah. Wow. No there shit. you go. Quilt face. Yeah, and I got a reason to watch it. Now you guys have a reason to spend three hundred dollars on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you can't gotcha on that one. <laughs> no, I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's a fun one. It's it's interesting. <laughs> Another uh 
Let's see, what's what's another 2000 release? Was the Screaming 2000? Because that's one of the trailers on the front of this. It is one of the uh, trailers. Before it this movie. so good, dude. You have a copy, don't you? I do you have a copy of that. A <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was blown away that at Dawn Day Sleep came out in 2002. Like when we were thinking about films that were happening at this very same time. Like, I mean, there's, as far as the spectrum of shot on video and what you could accomplish, um, that's pretty interesting to me. Oh, 99, 2000 has got a ton of gore fest shit, dude. Uh, I got that video outlaw movie, Lunatic. Well, actually, I, to be fair, that was released in like 98 99 but it was made in 91 just nobody wanted to touch it (laughs) how did you guys first see this movie then did you just you know see a trailer or whatever Uh, i got it on tape uh collecting dead alive tapes yeah same yeah did i tell anybody about this um did i buy this and say like oh dude you gotta see this I think I we know, had yeah. watched, I think we had gotten into the, uh, well, I got this around the same time that I got feeders. So I don't know if it was just like we had watched uh, the feeder series and I just kind of like fell in love with it this past uh, year when we started watching them. And I've just yeah, tried to know. acquired every Polonia thing I can get my hands on ever since. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I have no reason to think I bought this for a specific reason. I think I may have blindly bought this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw the cover and was like, Whoa. Were cheap and you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I yeah. so I know that I got uh I got feeders too, and then I hit you up, Mike, and you got Saurians, and then I got Saurians and you got feeders one or something like that. We bought all of them at the same exact time because they were all real cheap. And then I think once I had those three is when I looked at uh House That Screamed and it was like I, you know, it was at that time nothing. And I just grabbed it blindly because I was like, oh, shit. I mean, we were all like neck deep in Polonia at that time. And I loved it so much that I ended up finding part two really cheap also. And yeah, I think it all kind of happened at the, around the same time. What's funny is like you're going up like the uh, the levels of price of vhs tapes like you start with like the feeders too that was like yep. very cheap and then you get the first feeders because it's still very cheap and yep. then like you get saurians that's yeah. like pretty cheap and then like okay now the house that screamed now you're getting into things it's like oh i gotta pay a little bit of money for this and as you go up it gets worse and worse and at the top it's splatter, splatter farm, farm. <laughs> what do you uh, think a legit like like a nice uncut copy would go for it right now. Of Splatter Farm? Ooh. Like a legit release of Splatter Farm? It, I would say did, 500 bucks, dude. Okay, so like... that, Which... I, I res- Okay, I agree. I, I think it would probably go for that. But it's stupid to me that like something like, you know, the the Scream Dream or whatever it was. Or was that what it was that went for 860? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Splatter Farm is... Is a, is a harder to find movie <laughs> than that. And it, you don't think it would sell for as much. And let's just like. Well, then, well, maybe, you know, maybe it would sell for a thousand bucks. That's what I'm thinking. Like, in my head, I'm like, Jesus Christ, if someone's going to pay that for that shit, like, they better cough up the big G for the fucking splatter farm. That movie was always an expensive tape. Always. It was yeah. always expensive. Yeah. Years ago, it was fucking expensive. It's like the quad it's dead. Just, it's up there, I think, yeah. at that level of scarcity. Last Polonia Brothers tape that i bought was uh camp blood seven and there were only i don't know i don't like 50 copies made or something but that was already starting to get a little pricey for a polonia film and i was like i think i'm 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 good right now yeah i'm good i got how to slay a vampire on dvd i think i'm okay there what was that on like a 
It's on a vampire. It's on like a yeah. It's a vampire collection. It's called like Bite Night or something dumb like that. And it's got yes. dude yes. killer shit like AIP's Project Vampire, all kinds of cool stuff. But there is an actual copy of How to Slay a Vampire on that DVD box set. It's crazy. That's that's so funny. There's only what we know of one release of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like a Spectrum, it's the, uh, like it's, it's like a video it's on Vista store. Street, and it's yeah, it's a Vista Street, and it's just a promo. It oh, doesn't Vista have a Street. cover. Oh. It's just like a white sleeve with like the label part that's cut out that you can see the label, the tape on it. Uh, my buddy on Facebook has it. It's pretty fucking wild. I couldn't believe he even had a copy of it. Crazy. Yeah, if any of you have it, though, remember, just because it's rare doesn't mean it's, it's expensive. So I'll gladly give you the $20 for it. Okay? So hit me up, you know? Hit me up. <laughs> um, so why do you think this one sticks out compared to, like, a lot of the other, uh, you know, brain damage uh dead alive releases from around this time like i feel like this one really feels like an actual movie compared to a lot of the other stuff that you would be watching where it's it's very entertaining but like i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't call like bludgeoned really like a i've got to watch this a couple times you know what i mean it's entertaining (laughs) but it's not exactly the best that you're gonna get but i feel like the house that screamed like this movie like you can watch it over and over again I gotta say, this doesn't even feel like a Polonia film, though. You know? I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a. I think it's just a good. It's a fun film to watch, and I think that this is crazy. And maybe it's just because we're lost in the like universe of Polonia. But the more I watch this film, the clearer it gets, and it starts to make more sense. I remember the first time yes. I saw this, I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" And then by like the fifth time, I'm like, "Yeah, this makes total sense. This is an easy to follow <laughs> film." I, I guess you just have to like fall into their frame of mind. And then it's actually a pretty, pretty good film. I like it. I'm a fan of it. <laughs> you know, if you watch the second movie and then you watch this one, you probably would understand it even better. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I, like I if could, you watched totally them in reverse, that. I think it would actually work. It would work. Because they mentioned Marty and everything that happened here in the book, this and that, like it could be a prequel almost mm-hmm. because in the second one, they also explain like, this is a gate to hell and every room is a, is a doorway and every fucking thing is a mouth and all this shit. And it explains pretty much what happened in the first movie. And I feel like the whole thing where like the house needs basically has to like eat these people's souls. Right. Or some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, something like, like that. It, it needs like their living form because he says his soul died. Right. He said, you, you were in a car accident. Your soul died. No, that was the second. See, that was the second movie. Busted. That was the fucking second one. God damn. You got the paranormal team in the second one. Yeah, yeah. This one, he's just writing the book after his wife and kid were killed in the house that went on fire because the kid saw the wife fall fucking asleep bummer. with a cigarette like it's 1994. And no! yeah, that's it. But then he holds his child and he goes, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the That's camera so like good. spinning into the air, like <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but I you love can it. see like it's kind of it's kind of like moving in the wrong direction too. Like it should be it should be going in a circle, but it's kind of zigzagging as it goes up. Uh, it's it's quite the dramatic shot, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Overall, with like a with haunted house movies and you know the bigger budget ones, 
would you say this actually like stacks up to any of those or or would you think this is more of a niche thing like you wouldn't tell somebody who's not into this type of film like shot on video or even this one's 16 millimeter uh 16 millimeter but micro budget films like would you would you really tell somebody to watch this Mm, yeah they would have to really be into this kind of stuff because it this is um it's a lot to take (laughs) as far as like if you're not prepared for a polonia brothers film (laughs) and then in addition to this yeah well you know what's crazy too i this could be a stretch but i kind of i think of this as far as the films that i've seen from them and i've seen a few now this is kind of like an art house film for them because it's so weird. There's all these disjointed edits of like shots and cuts of, of just weird surrealist imagery that when I do too. And so what you've got is you have to already swallow that it's a Polonia Brothers film. But then <laughs> but then an added layer of it being this like surrealist film on top of it. I, I think this is a heavy ask. If you're not into this stuff already, no. I don't think this is the best uh, starting point for a Polonia Brothers movie. I agree with that 100%. 100%. And if you look on Letterboxd, uh, a lot of people would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, quote, unquote, like, like, quote, like, this movie doesn't make sense. What did I watch? You know, things like that. I did not find it hard to follow this movie. No, I, I think, think it's it's pretty self-explanatory because whenever he has like a dream sequence he always wakes up mm-hmm. you know what i mean like there's always a shot of him waking up and coming back to reality where in a lot of movies a lot of times like you kind of it blurs it too much to the point where you don't really get what's real and what's not i feel like in this one it's pretty it's pretty clearly uh defined plus they use like that like negative image type video for a lot of things the lighting changes a bit I, I don't think it's confusing at all, but would I, you know, tell my fucking sister who doesn't watch this <laughs> stuff at all to watch it? Uh, probably not. You know, it's if somebody is into horror movies and I'm not just talking like casually into it, I would say like if you were beyond maybe like the the big franchises, like I think you might actually enjoy it. If, if you if you dug a little deeper, you know, going into mm-hmm. that uh, going into that like 114th row on Amazon Prime, you know, <laughs> see now. But now, like when you're talking about it, I kind of have a feeling, too, though, that it's like if you were somebody that got into Tales from the Crypt episodes, this could probably be palatable for you because it has a similar feeling. It's just a little bit weirder than a normal Tales from the Crypt episode would be. You know what? But it looks very similar. It has the same vibe. I would, I would actually maybe agree with you on that. Yeah, I think I would too. That that thought may have flashed through my mind once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't want to agree with me. It's fine, but I, that's how you I like feel. You like that shot? You like that shot? Like pulling in and out like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. The, the yeah, that's... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ek what would happen if what would happen if you uh like suggested that on a set like hey what if we just go in and out let's zoom in and out really quickly <laughs> yeah yeah i got this brilliant out? idea guys <laughs> <laughs> i saw it in a movie once <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think could make this movie better oh man i don't know well you're asking two people on the other side that already love the film so i don't know honestly maybe a score i could use i could actually use a score i think would would really do a lot for this i couldn't remember one piece of music from this movie so i'm not really sure like 
you know, why why they made it like kind of a minimal thing. I mean, it may have very well been there, but I just can't think of a single piece of music from this movie. And that's the, is that weird? No, that's the problem is that if it's not memorable, like think of City of the Vampires or anything like that, you have a even one theme to latch on to. And with this, you just don't. Or video violence. Like, you know, you've got these themes that can really stand oh, yeah. out, but this just didn't have it. And I'm like, but this is such a cool film. Imagine if it would have just had like a killer theme at least, you know. I feel like a lot of these movies have at least one, like the Abomination. Like I could think of the Abomination theme right yeah. now. Like I could sing that shit out. And it's the same one from the Ozone Attack of the Redneck Mutants too. But, you know, <laughs> we won't get into that. But I do think that like, uh, obviously, yeah, uh, the lack of soundtrack is a complete fucking bummer. And it would definitely help this movie along. Um, I also think. I like we were just talking about how they have all these flashes of these really weird fucking uh, just imagery and stuff like that for these dream sequences. And that's like my favorite part of this movie. I wish they would have went heavier into that aspect of things and less of like, you know, here's a, a, a fucking five minute clip of this lady dry humping the ground. <laughs> Dude, they got the most for their money on that shot. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, they totally fucking paid for that. I guarantee it. But uh, <laughs> I just wanted more of the weirdness and not weird in like a, a goofy way. And I thought that they actually did weird in a really disturbing way in those shots really well, which is something you don't get too much from the Polonia brothers. They're yeah, just I would goofy. agree. The one thing I could have used more in this, uh, more Mark and John. I feel like every Polonia yeah. brothers movie oh, needs to have yeah. more Polonia brothers like in it. Right? Like, just, I need one of them to play the lead in every movie. <laughs> and it's wild, too, because in this one, John plays, like, the mechanic. And the second he appears on the screen, it's all him. Like, it, I mean, he just steals the show. You don't have to say anything. Even his death scene, like, it's the funniest thing ever. There's, I can't put my finger on why these guys are so damn fun to watch, but I agree. You should, you should but have them be the lead in every film they make. Like, they're, they are the stars of their own show, 100%. Dude, even when, like, he walks in the house and he finds, like, the trail of money. And it's like, like just shit like that. Like, of course, like, that's his role, right? He goes into the basement and he gets, like, child's played mixed with, like, an Italian slasher Mm -hmm. where the uh, bag gets put over his head and then he gets stabbed. (laughs) That's great. Which, you know, having him get stabbed in the top of the head and you see the blood kind of, like, leaking through the side of the bag, like, towards his face. Yeah, it looks fucking cool to me, man. Yeah. (laughs) What I... What I would compare, I think that like like what like what you were just saying about why they have that kind of like just screen appeal, it, it just reminds me of like the Three Stooges. Like it has that quality of being, they know they're not to be taken too seriously, but that makes them very serious in what they're doing, and it's just fucking awesome. Like he stole those scenes. You're absolutely yeah. correct. And as soon as I saw John, I'm like, I want to see fucking John yeah. throughout the rest yeah, of the I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's why the first feeders, the second feeders, they're so good because it's just them being the fucking crazy. Uh, how to slay a vampire. Because it's the both of them. And it's the fucking, the combination is amazing but together. See, that's what's funny that like as their careers went on, they, it, you know, Splatter Farm, I feel like they're trying to play it more serious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're trying yeah. to make a serious horror film. And as it goes on, like, dude, come on, like feeders one and two, like they know what they're doing. You know, there's no way yeah. that they were just like, oh, this is no, this is like a serious movie. There's no way. 
What do you mean this is goofy? Yeah. No, that definitely was not a conversation that yeah, ever You know, I'd agree with that too, because as time goes on, especially after John died and, and Mark took over just doing a ton of films, even in a film like Landshark, which you guys you guys have to see it, man, is there's this like hand puppet shark that is the actual creature of the film. And there's a scene where like a guy is outdoors, you know, pissing and it comes and bites off his penis and stuff like that. But when Mark makes a cameo and he's just so straight about it. And I'm like, come on, man, you got to ham it up. Like that's the earlier Polonia brother films. That's what I do love is that when they are on screen, it's like, I want to just hang out with those guys and, and have fun. Cause they just, yeah. Do they just seem like they're having a blast on set? Hey man, at least we'll have that good, like 20 year span. Actually, no, it was probably about a solid, what? 12 years, 13 years. Yeah. Of like that type of Polonia Brother movie. Yeah. I still have to see. What was the first one? Black Mass? Uh, Hallucinations? Or something like that. Hallucinations is like the very first thing that they're credited with. But there's another one that, yeah, it's Black Pass. Oh, Black yeah. Pass? No, Black Pass is... Uh, is it, that Todd Sheets? No, that's... Is that Todd Sheets? Or is that Ittenbach? <laughs> oh, it's Ittenbach. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Nerd alert. Wait, I gotta look it up now. <laughs> um, so what are some of your favorite scenes from this movie? Uh EK, why don't you uh why don't you why don't you start this off? Well, we had already mentioned and alluded to the scene uh when John's down in the basement and he gets the the wraparound, you know, strangulation with the the bag and then he gets a pop to the head with a knife from the kids. That's dude, that's a pretty cool scene. And then that the scene with um our main guy, Louis C.K., struggling with the, the haunted doll in the kitchen. Dude, th- dude, that that makes me laugh every time so hard. I also, there's two other scenes I like. One is the Grim Reaper who's doing the, like, ding-dong ditch at the beginning where he, like, it's just a, a sickle. <laughs> and then he knocks on the door and he has to get out of the tub every time. And it's like, that's funny. But my absolute favorite scene of this whole film has to be when he first meets the ghost. And he's like, you're a real ghost? I, I'm writing a ghost story. I have some questions. And then he says, uh, you know, what do you know about yourself? And the ghost says, I remember a war. And then he starts explaining it. And then the writer says, uh, the Civil War? And the ghost responds, yes, that's the one. <laughs> and dude, Nailed it. Oh, dude, I laugh every time. He goes, uh, yes, that's the one. Well, there was another scene. Oh, when he goes to see the the pallet factory guy who has no fucking eyes and he's oh, like yeah. if you shut up and let me finish <laughs> and then he calls him like an asshole or something too like <laughs> that's the same pallet factory from feeders too too as well yes like, yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> familiar. grizz what about you man what are some of your favorite scenes from this I love the I love the nightmare sequence that you start this movie with it's it's fucking awesome there's like severed heads with you know sickles and shit like we talked about there's all kinds of just weirdness like a mummy getting wrapped up in the corner and stuff um i like that a lot i really i like the ending where like you sh- it shows like all the house uh, all the spirits that the house has consumed like exiting the front door yes. with like the mist mm-hmm. with such a great looking shot uh that's probably like some one of the best shots the fucking polonia has ever put on film as far as like artistically correct okay <laughs> spooky movie shit so i like that a lot 
Um, like he mentioned, that doll, man, eat your heart out, <laughs> fucking full moon video, because you guys did a bunch of fucking Puppet Master films, and none of them were as good as that one scene with him yeah, fighting that doll. Give this guy an Academy Award. <laughs> Holy shit. That, 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 that's pretty much my favorite shit about this movie in a nutshell. So, my favorite things. Let's see, I do like that scene with the, uh, you know, the people walking through the fog. That, that was fucking mm-hmm. awesome, like yeah. the, the spirits. Yeah. I like the very end with the kid, like, who's actually, I guess, is it his kid? Or is it uh, his brother's? Oh, I don't I know. I can't remember yeah. who the, whose kids those were I in think theaters. It's, I think it's Mark's kid. Well, he's, like, sitting in front of the coffin at the end, <laughs> and it, like, flashes to outside, and you see the ghost in the window. Uh-huh, I think yeah. that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it is uh, cool. The head stab is really good. Um... Oh, man, what else is like? How about when he says, I saw the devil in the window, and it's like a guy with a sheet, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like standing in the fucking window. <laughs> That's the devil. I, I like the whole John Polonia interaction with him as the mechanic, because he is acting exactly like himself, so that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I there's a lot of good stuff in this, you know. There's a lot of small things. I like him breaking through the fucking wall. It made just made me think of the Beyond, so that mm-hmm. was really cool. It's a ton of good shit. Now, something that we didn't talk about is the ending and like the twist. Oh yeah. What did you guys think about? What did you think about like the the real estate agent being a ghost? <laughs> oh, <I forgot laughs> Such about a funny that. reveal. <laughs> what do you What do you think? Like, shot yeah. and shit by the guy. Now. Now, what do you think about this? If he, you know, was talking on the phone, he finds out that he's a quote unquote ghost. He shows up, he shoots him. What if he wasn't and he was a person in the house just made him murder this guy? (laughs) How fucking sick would that have been? How fucking awesome would that have been? I like that a lot more. Yeah, I would like that a lot more. I do like the, I like the final tie in though with, with him, you know, he's, because we get the scene at the beginning, or not the beginning, but towards towards the beginning where, you know, we've got the guy who's tearing out his own eyes because he can't look at anything anymore. But then we get these weird shots of the writer kind of laying in his own coffin and weird stuff like that. And then by the end, it actually makes sense. So there was some forethought to the story arc of this film, because I do feel like it does yeah. have a definitive beginning, middle, and end. And I liked that. Oh, totally. Uh, so then once... Uh, he kind of figures out what has to happen, and that's that he has to kill himself in the house. Marty ends up going, and uh, he goes into the basement and just gets in the coffin, and the coffin closes on him, right? So doesn't he, like, tear his eardrums and his eyeballs out before? He's got to pull his eyes out like the other guy. You know, it's crazy. But I think Grizz is right. I think he fucking takes his, like, eardrums out, too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he takes his eardrums out first because he's hearing the fucking, like, the ghost and shit nonstop, so he's trying to, like, not hear him and not yeah. see him and just remove everything. What a cool thing. I've never seen that. Someone taking their fucking eardrums out. The house has taken Marty and they've been freed until the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> it all starts now, over. Now, the cool thing about the second movie is that it's the sequel, obviously. So uh, they're referencing the first movie the whole time. Like, oh, like we're investigating the disappearance of Marty. And he wrote the book in the house. Nobody saw him after. And, you know, the publisher is like, no, the fucking book is the manuscript just showed up. We don't know where he is. We don't have an address, all that shit. It's pretty cool. I would suggest watching that one, too. It's really 
you know, it's it's closely tied to this. So you guys want to give your final ratings on the movie? Yeah, I'll go first. I think that, um, you know, one of the things that makes me love this film is after this long monologue, which you played at the beginning, it starts doing these stills of just random like suburban homes and goes, this is a haunted house. This is a haunted house. (laughs) And I immediately am totally into this film. And I feel like... As far as like low budget SOV stuff, this has so much rewatchability. I've watched it so many times now and it still every time makes me laugh. And I think for that, there's merit to it. Like it's not just to laugh at and be like, oh, isn't this crazy? It actually is a fun film to watch and there is a story to it. So for that reason, uh, I mean, it, it ranks real high. I don't know if you do a... Oh, you do out of five because you always do five out of five. I I would say <laughs> not always, not, not always. always. I would say for Polonia films, um, if I was to like say you guys have never heard of Polonia, let's let me give you the top three. This would be one of them. So I would give it a five out of five for Polonia. <laughs> I'll take that as just a regular five out of five. <laughs> no. <Chris? laughs> So actually, like if I was going to tell someone to check out Polonia films, this would not be in the the listing at all, because <laughs> I do not want someone to think that this is what a Polonia film film is. Not that this is bad. It's it's just not Mark and John at their best, I feel. Uh, there's great elements to it. It's a really great story. It's cool that they, you know, got to use a better camera. I don't know if it was really at their uh, at their benefit. <laughs> So all that being said, I would probably give this one a really solid 4.5 because at the end of the day, it's fucking Polonia still in there. Just mm-hmm. the shit. I, I really enjoy this movie. The only thing I didn't like is the lack of Mark and John and, you know, the score obviously not being that memorable. But other than that, there's so many good things like the, the premonitions and the flashbacks and it's all entertaining even if it, if the acting is a little iffy once in a while, but you expect that from them, I I give this a five out of five, you know, <laughs> and I'm not just fucking saying that, like, how you know, I'm not just dicking around. Like, I, I really do enjoy this movie. I think you should watch it. If you're listening to us, you probably would like this movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing we, did we speak about the warning in the beginning? Well, not the warning, but like the the prologue to the film. Did we speak about that? I don't think we touched on it yet. You probably heard it in the beginning of this episode, but what do you guys think about that uh, voiceover? That's like kind of, <laughs> I guess, rushed in a way, right? Like you got you got thirty seconds to get this whole fucking thing out. I think it's actually like a minute eight, something like that. Yeah, I love it. I just wish it was shorter because I love what they were doing with it. It's just long winded. It, it is need to be all of that. It is because it, very, it keeps very going. Weird. Yeah, you think right, it's going it to end? He's going, like, here's two going. more paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why don't we get to the uh, back of the box here? And EK is a fan, right? You mm-hmm. said you you really like the back of this. Yeah, well, I like it specifically because if you look at the very bottom, if you guys pull out your boxes, at the very bottom credit, it says produced and directed by Mark, and then J H O M. They fucking butchered John's name. Holy shit. Wow! Wow! And they had it right everywhere else. I, what the brutal. fuck is that? That's why I like it. What? The- 
I'm now I'm looking for any other fucking uh, spelling mistakes. <laughs> I'm sure there's another. All right, let's 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 do this. I actually like the back of the box. It's like a silhouette of a guy fucking hanging in like hanging? the Evil yeah. Dead uh, woodshed. Mm-hmm. You enter, but you never leave. The house on Wingate Road has had many tenants over the past hundred years. Most of them still live there. Marty Beck, a down-on-his-luck horror novelist. That's not really true. He's more of a sci-fi novelist. <laughs> faces terror head-on when he rents the house for inspiration to complete his latest lurid book. Hour by hour, he is drawn into a nightmare world of ghosts, monsters, and ghouls. Death will be the only release from a mortgage on his soul as he learns the shocking truth of his final days. It's really not hour by hour. It's like day by day. It's day by day. Yeah. We didn't, they even do like yeah, day we didn't four. Mention, yeah. yeah. I enjoy that. <laughs> I like the little like, you know, time update. It tells you, how you know, the beginning and the end of the story. Mm -hmm. Like, what was it? Day four was the end or day five was the end? Yeah, I also I think it was four. I also like that the front of the box is like a cabin in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looks nothing like the house. Wait, I got to. <laughs> yeah, this this looks nothing like the house, and the second one is the same house, yeah. pretty much, just a different color, and there's a moon now. I actually like, it looks like a romance novel. <laughs> so whoever wrote that fucking line on the back, death will be the only release from a mortgage on his soul, should have definitely got an extra five bucks in their paycheck mm -hmm. that week, because that, that is a great fucking line. Yeah, that's great. Dude, hell yeah. I'm into that shit. All right, so let's uh, let's head over to the video Dropbox, shall we? Okay, so as you know, next week's episode will be more of a, a topical one. We will be hopefully joined by a guest. I'm not going to say who yet in case he flakes out fucking again. <laughs> God damn, I hope he doesn't because it will be a blast. Uh, we will be talking about camp horror, like summer camp slasher, summer camp horror movies. There's tons of them out there. There's tons of good ones, right? Uh, that was definitely a genre in itself in the 80s and oh, into yeah. the 90s. And we spoke about one before, right? Camp Blood. You're a fan of that franchise, right? Right, Grizz? I think you may own a few of those. A couple, maybe. A few of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to definitely mow through those because... I, I myself have a lot of them, but we'll try to find some ones that you may not be as aware of, right? Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely uh, some some classics, especially in the the shot on video world that I think we can get into. Yeah, we'll deep dive that shit. Hey, does mosquito count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any For you guys? That's like a, any excuse. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, since you're the guest, EK, uh, did you watch anything this week? Did you get anything this week? What's going on? 
I, I haven't been buying as much for sure, but I've been trading a lot. And uh, I got, speaking of camp horror, camp slashers, I got the Prism release of The Forest, which was pretty cool. So I checked that out. Oh. Yeah, that was nice. And then I got a couple Lightnings, um, Eternal Evil and Evils of the Night, which I really love that movie. We'll do that on Laser Graves pretty soon. I'm, I'm just uh, excited to show Mariah that, see what she thinks <laughs> of it. Uh, and a post-apocalyptic called Survival 1990. It's kind of a deep cut. But um, I'm excited about that one. And then the, the one I'm most excited about is um, ties into the last time I was on your your podcast, which is we were doing metal horror. And there is a film that I love, which was a, a Christian propaganda film from the Satanic Panic era put out to kind of warn teens about the the dangers of evil rock music and it was called Rockets Your Decision and it's like an after <laughs> yes. it's a it's an after school special about this teen who struggles with his rock music and his pastor like helps him guides him along the way to get rid of rock music and and be good for the church and I actually found it on tape finally I've been after it for a long time so I added that to my collection I was very excited so yeah that's what I've been adding lately very successful week for you yeah. Mr. Grizz anything Shit. did you watch oh, anything yeah. did you get how anything? do I follow that up <laughs> uh. <laughs> I've been trading a lot I got uh, I got one tape in that finally came in all the way from fucking Germany uh, that is a, a Dutch movie that I was reading about and I ended up finding the tape online it's called Necrophobia I, uh, I watched it yesterday I didn't know a fucking thing that they were saying but holy shit, is that one of the most beautiful and gory films that I have ever seen, dude. It was intense from start to finish. That movie is nuts, and it makes me need to find like a DVD copy that they did subtitles for or something, because... I have to know what the fuck it is I just watched, because, man... Does it exist? Is there I, I a copy uh, with... I don't know if the, I, I had to do some research. This is the only copy that I was able to find so far. Um, as far as DVDs and stuff, too, I looked for them. I, I couldn't find anything yet. So fingers crossed that I do maybe one day get to know exactly what this twisted love story is that I just watched. <sighs> but, man, there is a great, great beheading with a shovel, unlike any other one I've seen before on, on film. And it, it's, it's really good. I can't recommend it enough if you don't give a fuck what you're watching and just want to see cool shit. <laughs> if you happen to know, let us know if there's yeah, a version with subtitles or dubbed or anything. Uh Probably subtitled would be more likely, That's what right? I imagine, yeah, subtitled. Yeah, which I'd be super happy with. I, I would gladly take it. Or if you can watch the movie and write them out for him, that would be even better, right? <laughs> if you're a freaky German. Dutch, hit me up. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, it's a Dutch movie. I thought it was a German movie. <laughs> no, I bought it from a guy in Germany who got it from a guy in, in wherever the fuck Dutch people come from. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sweden. I don't know. Oh. Uh, Okay. Holland is that Dutch Holland? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not this from good. Holland. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I only got one tape also, and that is uh, Dead Time Tales, which is oh, funny enough a, a Burning Moon release. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, I've also been I've been watching a lot of stuff because of Tubi and like Amazon Prime um, just you know everything you could think of is fucking on these things now it's crazy mm -hmm. uh, so Dead Time Tales dude that's actually a, a third in a series of movies that's renamed I can't remember did you watch it yet 
No, I didn't watch it yet. I, I like just got it. Fucking David Sterling was just telling me about this this past week on our conversation where he mentioned that movie specifically and said that it was like, it's not a standalone movie. It's like this, uh, you know, like there's a series. Yeah. And it's, it's, well, it's like it was named something different. And then the third one was named that and it's put out as its own thing, but it's really the third in a line of movies. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Next time I have my, <laughs> my powwow with him, I'll, I'll dig his yeah, brain. Ask him again. I'm curious about, about that. that. Cause you know, these, a lot of these like burning moon movies are re-releases. I think like the witching is one, uh, the uninvited, I think is another one. Right. Um, uh, Luther the geek they did. No, is that dead alive that did that one, but that's, a that was, also. I think that's straight dead alive. And let me think. Uh, I mean, obviously, violent shit is, you know, coming from fucking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coming Germany. from uh, Germany. So that's kind Just. of a re-release, would you say, right? Yeah, uh, I would. Die. There I were. Would. Yeah, well, yeah, because there was another. There was a release of part the one. German release, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I have. You know what? I have a weird pre, um, Burning Moon release that's like a an illegal dub that was oh, like sold cool. from the early 90s I love that. yeah <laughs> or like the mid 90s it's it was from like a video store and like it said like international pictures or something like that it's some Hell bullshit yeah. <laughs> uh i did not spend i think i bought it for like 20 bucks on a gamble like i hope it's, it's it. you know e- even if it's bullshit like it's still funny to me it's, still <laughs> it's cool in german fun. Yeah, oh, it's really? not even That's fucking. Cool. Yeah, there's there's no English uh, subtitles or. That's the first anything. way I watched Burning Moon, baby. So. Hey, that's how you got to do it sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, Ek, where can they find you on the internet? If you want to follow uh, our podcast, Laser Graves, we're at Laser Graves on Instagram, or you can you know check it out wherever you get your podcasts. We're also at lasergraves.com. And then if you want to follow my personal site on Instagram, I'm at death at 33 RPM. And Grizz, where could they find you? You can find me personally on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And also just a reminder, we do have a Facebook page. So if you go to Facebook, type in bad taste video, you can check out all the stuff we have over there. Give us a good review. We'll be happy that you did. And you could find me on Instagram at Bad Taste Video. We have a Twitter too, right? That's Bad Taste VHS, I believe. Correct. Just, we we don't we don't really use it yet. We're trying to figure it out. I'm like just <laughs> learning how to use Twitter. Also, it's not really it's a something weird I ever platform. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But uh, you could also find everything else we do at www.badtastevideo.com. And wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave us a good review. It really helps. And go leave Laser Graves a five-star review, too, even if you've never listened to them. Just go subscribe and leave a five-star review. All right? Just, yeah, by association, please. Listen to all our friends. Uh, Super Tat Film Club. Group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Super Tat Film Club, who uh, EK has been on right you've been a guest yeah. on that podcast i'm getting ready to be again uh, very... pretty soon spoiler alert really yeah. really Ooh, i'm excited i really like those guys uh he's a podcast yeah yeah he's 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 like the anchor for us like now when anthony can't make it we, we text hey, him what like, are you guys we got, we got six what minutes. are you guys up to tonight we're about to record in two minutes 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? He's reliable, all right? Jeez. Uh, He's in the bullpen. He's ready yeah. to go. Uh, also, go listen to our friends at Fright Vision, Neon Brainiacs, right? They're a great, another great podcast that we don't mention enough. Um, horror flicks and guitar picks. What else did I miss? Uh, say You Love Satan. Did I say Fright Vision? I said that one. Yeah, I, I, there's so many. If I forgot, you guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll say it next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, anything else? Anything else you guys got to say? No. Uh, thank you, EK, for being here, man. It's always a blast yeah, always, to have you on the always show. Always fun oh, to be here. And, uh, and your fun fact for the week, because I know that's a thing that uh, you guys do on Laser Graves podcast. Uh, Kim Jong-il, VHS collector (laughs) the most evil how many did you say i think they said it was over 20 or twenty-five thousand films or something what uh you ain't got shit on kim jong i'm letting you guys know right now he is shitting on you (laughs) most most evil vhs collector in the world (laughs) that's metal even in death what do they have a what do they call that like a necrotocracy or something over there because his father still technically rules the country, even though he's been dead for like for years. Um, God, living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you know also that like they, that the way that their years work over there, it like starts, I believe, at the it's like the birth or the I think the birth date of Kim Jong Il's father. Oh. So like, are you trying to get us on a fucking list or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just saying all this crazy shit. You never learn about this stuff in school. They never taught us anything about North Korea in school. No, yeah, right? yeah, or it's the VHS collection. Here he is with a it's not, huge VHS yeah, collection. Dude, it's not yeah. like they're listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> they're not allowed. Yeah, they so physically can't. So you know, you're right. <laughs> Kim Jude, dude, we're the number one VHS podcast. If you think that Kim Jude's not listening, <laughs> no, it's to not us. him. His dad, his dad, who is dead. I don't oh, know about the, I, gotcha. I don't know about Dennis Rodman's friend. I don't know what, if he's if he's in or not. <laughs> Grizz, you're gonna be the the Dennis Rodman of, of VHS collecting soon. <laughs> Marry yourself. It's over. Yeah, the worm over there. <laughs> I, I got a, I got a wetter dress, so I'm ready to go. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.